Welcome to the Startup Smarter Podcast, the best audio show for people who are ready to turn their big ideas into big income. Each week, we explore effective business strategies, guest interviews, and success stories that will help transform the hard grind of starting a business into a smarter and more scalable experience. Here's your host, Joe Johnson. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Startup Smarter Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Johnson, and on today's podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into mastermind programs. Now, you might have heard of these exclusive member programs where people apply, surround themselves with other like-minded business owners, and then supercharge their business in a small amount of time. These are what's called masterminds. And it's because of this curiosity around masterminds and how they work that inspired me to reach out to my friend Ronan Leonard from the websites Return on Intellect and eCountability. And he's a leading expert on the topic of both running masterminds and teaching others how to put them together. In our conversation, we talk about why many entrepreneurs feel overwhelmed in their businesses and why gorging yourself on information that come from online courses, ebooks, and blogs that promise solutions often don't work and how masterminds allow you to focus your skills for greater results. All that coming up and more. This was a great episode with my friend Ronan Leonard, and I hope you enjoy it. Ronan, welcome to the show. Hey, Joe, thanks for having me on the show. Really looking forward to this chat. Awesome. All right. So for the listeners that have never heard about masterminds, that's kind of what you do. Could you give us an overview of what masterminds are? Sure. Now, there's a there's a loose definition. And like anything, you can interpret however you want. And I think over time, sometimes that's get further and further away. But effectively, it's a, a group coming together to learn from each other. So this could either be the, the, the teacher imparting a skill and a knowledge, or it could be just a group of similar level business owners coming together to help each other solve their problems and get over the roadblock. And it's best summed up by Napoleon Hill, who coined the phrase. He basically says where two or more people come there to, to work towards a purpose and a harmony, they create this supermind, a mastermind. I try to imagine it from a... a a new person's perspective. They're like, okay, I've heard about masterminds. I hear about people talking about them and it's helping them grow their business. Could you talk to us about what goes on inside of a mastermind? I guess, how is it structured so that a new member will get the most value from it? Well, there's a certain amount of accountability in there. It's it's the, the sticking point that a lot of us sort of have where we leave the corporate world because we want all this freedom. And the reality is for small business, it's the exact opposite. You need to stay incredibly disciplined. You know, everyone sort of looks at Gary V's results. Basically, for I think about four or five years, he just spent five, six hours a day on Twitter engaging in people to build up his brand. And he did videos as well. So he was constantly working on it. What we find is that we don't get immediate results. So we stop doing something. And there just isn't that accountability. There's no one at the end of the week to say, you know, did you do your best work? Did you really push yourself enough? Did you do those hard things that are uncomfortable, but what will get your results? And that might be in your head, you say, look, I'm going to do some cold calling. And then the end of the week comes and you go, oh, I was so busy. I did this blog post. I did something else. Did anything but the hard work. So when you hold yourself accountable to other people to say, this is what I'm doing, and you report back the next week, it's a little bit like going to the gym and you've got, you know, you roll over and you hit the snooze button. If 
your gym instructor isn't there waiting for and you've paid them. So it's getting that discipline of, of doing the hard stuff, but also reporting back to people saying, I actually did it, I followed through. That makes sense. Okay, so accountability is kind of way high up there when it comes to going into these masterminds. Uh, what are some good and bad examples of masterminds? Because from my understanding, there's a bunch of different types of masterminds. Good and bad are, are really quite subjective. You could find that one person hates the group and everyone else loves it. You have to come in there with this giving attitude. It's not, and you see the same in networking events. Everyone goes to a networking event thinking, who in the room can is going to buy my stuff? Instead of being far more open to, okay, how can I help someone else? I'm all the time, but we are inherently selfish. We are, we, that's what we do. We, we, our objective is to, for us to survive and for us to grow. But it happens much easier when we can support and help others. So if you come into the mastermind thinking, uh, I'm, you know, everyone's going to help me and I'm going to grow my business, that's great. If That's the wrong attitude. If you go in thinking, I love connecting with people, I love helping other people and sharing what I know, and if I can help them, that's great. And then that comes around in spades. So it really is that, that giving attitude that separates you and is the key criteria that, that I look for in a mastermind and I think what most people should be looking for. You had mentioned Napoleon Hill's book before. Are there any other tools or books that, you, uh, that you've read that have really helped you on your journey? Oh, yeah, too many to mention. About four or five years ago, I stopped watching the news and I started to curate my own content. What I mean by that is that uh, the, the news is, is, is full of all this negative cycle, but also 95% of it is completely irrelevant to you. You know, you really, who hands up the start and said, oh, look, I'm really interested in the Kardashians. These are fascinating people. But it sort of pushed down your throat. The agenda is set by someone else. So I stopped watching the news, started listening to more audiobooks, podcasts, and just created my own idea of, of, of things I want to be interested in. And as a result of that, I read you know so many great books. Probably the best one that I've ever read is the most practical, no-nonsense, tell it like it is, is The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. So that's top of my list. Uh, but also for mindset, everyone talks about mindset, but nobody really knows what that is. They, they read a couple of blog posts and go, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. But you don't until you start bumping up against those limiting beliefs. So there's an amazing book called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. So he was a plastic surgeon in the 30s, and he was fascinated how some people have change in surgery, plastic surgery, but still have these negative thoughts about themselves. Okay. So he became the person that every sports psychologist and almost every motivational guru bases all their stuff on his work. It's the seminal the book that if you're going to read any of those books, that's the one. So it's Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Moles. So there's just two great books. One of them is about mindset. One is really about practical stuff that you can do in your business and really how to think differently about the problems that you'll come up against all the time. Well, I know it's on my reading list this summer. Uh, all right. So what do you think is your unique skill set that's helped you become great at setting up these mastermind programs? I mean, like, are you a great networker or do people hear about you when you speak at conferences and afterwards they're like, sign me up? My greatest skill set is one of the dullest things you can, you can think of. I'm just actually good at following through on my commitments and doing what I say. And, and I boiled this down about, again, about three, four years ago, looking, okay, what am I really good at? What's my level of genius? And it's something as simple as that. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And, and yeah, it sounds pretty dull and it's not super sexy, but 
that's the sort of key thing when I say someone and do something, I do it. So that's my my skill set. And I took took some really time to, to delve into that and to to get a better understanding, a little bit of self-awareness, because again, as we're always focusing on ourselves, we're not always that self-aware of our strengths and our weaknesses. And if you can draw out your strengths and you can at least acknowledge your weaknesses, you become a bit more of a rounded person. Okay. Now I have a, a deeper question for you. So in your time of participating and setting up these mastermind programs, have you personally found that participating in masterminds has changed your behavior uh, as a business owner? And if so, how so? Well, I get inspired by other people. You can't help but when other people say, oh, I did this and, and, and I got that or had this breakthrough. So that's been a, a key thing for me as well. But also, I, I think that I'm learning this more and more is that you have to do something a little bit different than everyone else. So as an example, I want my goal for this year is to appear on 50 podcasts and spread my message and, and also educate other people. I, I think it's got to be a two-way street. You don't want to come on a show like this and, and not educate and, and inform people and entertain. It has to Some of those things have to happen for people to continue to, to listen. So instead of just applying on some of these shows, I created a Loom video where I said, hey, I'm on your side. I, I checked out this episode. Got some great guests here. The reason I'd be a good guest is X, Y, Z. Sent that in. And immediately I got the responses like, wow, this is the best uh, application ever because I've gone the extra mile. doesn't take much. Loom's free. took me two, three minutes to check out their website and to create that personal message that, hey, I've actually made a bit more of an effort. And as a result, I get a higher rate of take up of people that really want to have me on their show. So that's just one example of how you can you can step up and go above and beyond and get yourself noticed and also uh, be memorable. And for the people that don't know, Loom is a uh, Google Chrome extension. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, yeah. so you, you can video with you in the as a little sort of image in the corner, or you can take that out and just screencast whatever. Uh, website you're on yeah completely free great great extension and just a really good way of, of doing something like that and the reason I got that idea is that one of the persons in my mastermind he does that for his potential clients so he does google pay-per-click so what he does he does almost a free audit of their website said hey it's on your site I noticed that when people click through on google ads they go to the home page instead of going to the more relevant page if you change that or if you had a couple of site extensions you just did a couple of couple of good things, you would massively increase your click-through rate or your conversion rate. And he gives that then to free. So he's showing the value. And also he's not just saying, hey, come and buy from me. He's offering um, insights and tips and his knowledge and sharing that. So, and I found that out through one of my masterminds. That's brilliant. And that's very much full circle. It's like, I wouldn't have known this if I wasn't inside of a mastermind surrounding myself with other like-minded entrepreneurs and business owners, right? Exactly. Yeah. There, there are no secrets. They're just stuff you don't know. <laughs> and the more you can connect to other people that know something you don't and, and as I say, can help you on that journey, the, the better off we all are. Well said. So when it comes to a person that that might want growth, I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they want growth and they don't know that they might be good candidates for being in a mastermind. So what would you say are some of the criteria that a person needs to see in themselves to know that they're ready to join a mastermind? One of the key things is you have to be teachable. And, and this sounds 
uh, ironic or even sounds derogatory, but there are certain people that just don't want to hear what they should know, uh, and they're sort of closed off to that. So I think you really have to be honest with yourself and say, okay, I don't know it all. That's the first step. Say, look, I don't know it all. This is pretty hard on, on my own. Let me try and surround myself with people that will champion me or kick my butt or do something that I'm that I'm missing and can help me get where I want to be. So that's one of the first sort of things. And then the second is that, I've already talked about it, is that giving mentality. Say, okay, this should be fun. Wouldn't it be great to just have that group of people around me that will support me, that will push me, that will help me and and create your own little tribe because it's incredibly lonely being an entrepreneur. And it's why most people give up because that's, especially when you're first starting out, it's just you and your, your computer for the most part. A lot of people are obviously want an online business. And for 8, 10, 12 hours a day, you're stuck inside your own head. And sure, you can read blog posts, you can watch TEDx, you can listen to, to podcasts, but you're still not getting that context for content. So content is absolutely everywhere. And there's a great quote from Derek Sivers that said, you know, if more information was the answer, then we'd all be billionaires with perfect abs, and we're not. <laughs> so it's not about the information we got out there because we're overwhelmed by it. It's about adding context to that. And that's where the the mastermind or connecting with other people and, and, and saying, look, I'm stuck with this. What, what do you think? And getting, getting some additional context around, okay, how did you do that? Well, I did this and this. Well, that won't work for my business well, because I'm at a different stage or I'm a different niche. And then they just... You work through something and you go, okay, well, have you tried that? Oh, no, I never thought of that. So it's just shaping your ideas into better ideas and adding that context to the content that's out there. That's great. Okay, I want to play devil's advocate. So let's say that I've been pitched masterminds by three people in the online space, right? How should a person go about choosing the right mastermind to join? Does it come down to price? Does it come down to the people within the group? Uh, price would probably factor in somewhat there's the, the plus minus and equal effect in the fact that if if you want to be in a mastermind with richard branson and you're just starting out or in your first couple of years there's no value exchange he's operating at a completely different level so he's not going to be able to, to to even most of the wisdom that he shares with you is is at the wrong level and vice versa you can't give anything to him so you've got to match those potentially you should grill them like you would going for a job. So there's there's the old adage that when you go for a job, you should be interviewing the company as much as they're interviewing you because you want a good fit on both sides. I think what we tend to do with cognitive ease is that we see that someone's got 50,000 followers on, on Twitter or, or Facebook or likes, whatever it is, and we automatically assume that they are the most knowledgeable, the best person. And that's not always the case. So spending a little bit more time to research and, and think about the outcomes and, and ask them more questions rather than just, hey, this person doubled his income in three months uh, and therefore it's assumed that you can. We see one testimonial and we think that's enough, but it isn't getting to know that person. So I would, uh, I would say that you grill potentially two or three people that are running a mastermind and ask them some pertinent questions and, and get to know far more before you take that leap. That's a really smart approach. Okay. You've built quite the business for yourself. Could you tell us a time where you had to overcome any obstacles or roadblocks as you were creating your business? Oh, look, they come all the time. There is no 
there is no done, let me sit back and everything's fine. <laughs> uh, my previous business was an events business, so uh, that was very, very niche. I used to do casino parties and I went from one table and uh, one event a year to to 50 tables and 300 a year. Uh, but every every time there was hurdles, there was people that used to work for me and set up rival business behind my back. Uh, I got a Google penalty for paying for links. Uh, all sorts of things always go wrong, and it's it's the great Ryan Holiday book is the obstacle is the way. If you sit there and think, okay, my business is is going to to reach that point where it just ticks over, then you're probably not pushing yourself, or you're not innovating, or you're not looking out for disruption. You're not sort of changing. So it's it's never ever done. It's a, it's a question of uh, every time there will be obstacles, and you just keep working through them. And you come with, and this is the hard part. You do try and come with that mindset of, um, okay, I've got this. I can do this. It's just it's just another another thing to overcome. Uh, and that could be that could be really tough. That's something like I talked about mindset before. You've got to work on that to have that resilience, because otherwise, you, you'll just you know the first sign of something difficult, you'll just stop and say, okay, well this isn't for me. I give up. All right. So as you're facilitating these mastermind programs, how do you define success for members that go through the program? Like for instance, let's say that you tracked a hundred participants over the course of like two years. Has each member achieved or exceeded a certain level of growth for you to say that was successful for them? That's a good question, actually. It's speaking to the people, and, and, and I still stay in contact with, with several people that are you know, finished with, with my masterminds. I can say that everybody that is coachable has improved and has, has seen better results and is, is still working towards their, their next goal. You know, some of them much better results than, than others, but all of them sort of change. But it is seeing that those light bulb moments, they get something quite deep out of it and, and they learn and they grow and they improve. But I have had a couple of people that they were virtually uncoachable, including one person that said she couldn't reach out to 20 people on LinkedIn a day. And I questioned that and then the following week, she said, I'm going to do it and then she didn't. So she'd reached this point where, not uncoachable, but she had her own blocks that she couldn't get through. And interesting enough, she worked in a space where she helped people with exercise and for them to supposedly get over their blocks, but she was unable to recognize it in herself. So there's only so much you can do. Uh, the results really are down to the individual person. You can, you can push, you can encourage, you can educate, you can create that environment to help them succeed, uh, but ultimately results are, the end results are really down to that individual person. Okay. It's one thing to say that you're going to get something done, the person who's running the business, right? But it's something else entirely when it comes to implementing the level of accountability that's necessary to move forward to make progress. So can you share with me how your masterminds cultivate this level of accountability for your members? Yes. On the platform, we have a goal setting system where you plug in your goal for the week and it sends you a reminder four days later. Because when my very first mastermind, I uh, had this light bulb moment. I loved the connection with it. And then we would write down these, these things that we'd committed to for the week. And then the following week, you'll find that 60% of people, and I'm, I'm serious, over half, I completely forgot about that goal that they'd set because they'd got out of the meeting. and you, We've all done it. We've been to 
we've been to a talk somewhere, we've been to a, a conference or we've been to a workshop and we've written down seven great things and then they're still in the drawer six months later and we've maybe uh, dabbled with one of them first and that forgot about that, the other six. So it's uh, that was just one way of saying, let's let's create that habit of, okay, what did you work on this week? And, and I also do these things, so um, I look at um, what's your goal for the week, what were your outcomes, what are your key roadblocks, and what's your lessons learned? We, we spend... We spend our life consuming all this information, and, and yet we don't tend to reflect on the lessons we learn. So uh, I started this about four years ago, where every Sunday I sit down and I work on those four or five things. What's my goal for the week? Um, what are my opportunities? Um, what am I sort of struggling with? And, and what's my what's my lessons learned? And it just helps re-cement that learning so that it just doesn't go in one ear and out the other. So that's the kind of process that I work towards that, that people are, are are thinking about what happened the, the past week. And we build in some gratitude as well because we are a gold-striving machine. We're never happy and we're always looking for the next thing. So if you make 100,000, you want 200. You make 200, you want half a million. It doesn't matter. We're always looking for the next next goal. And there's nothing wrong with that. We are goal-seeking machines. But having that gratitude of, okay, last week I got two new clients. That's great. Or... Uh, this week, some this great thing happened to me. It doesn't always have to be about business, but having that gratitude allows you to be comfortable where you are at the moment instead of deferring happiness until you reach that next goal because the second you reach that goal, you then just create a new one that's bigger and better uh, and you don't reflect on, on even the journey getting there. Ah, okay, okay. So what's one thing about masterminds that you think is critically important that I haven't asked you about yet? Probably the... The biggest thing is to actually try one. You said at the start that you know potentially some of your audience have, have never been in one. You can start one yourself. All you need to do is look around your, your circle of friends. And the famous Jim Rohn is that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And while this is a cliche and there's millions of cliches out there, this is one of the most truths that smokers all hang out together, um, drug addicts do, billionaires do, you all hang around with the people that you want to spend the most time with and they elevate you. So look around and, and start your own. If you're really that hungry and passionate and excited and you've got a niche, you can become that, I call it the niche rock star. If you run your own mastermind and you're helping other people within that industry, you automatically become that authority. So find uh, find a way that you can create value to the people by running that. And yes, it's time, it's effort. And uh, that the reward is, though, you become the person that can be known in that industry as, hey, this guy runs a great mastermind. He helps uh, copywriters. He helps um, SEO providers. Whatever it is, you start to become that, that niche expert by curating those people together, offering them value and helping them get where they want to go. That's awesome. So it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people. And the last question I had for you is, if you could go back from day one and start all over again, what is your number one business tip for starting smart that you would give to yourself? Uh, it's definitely thinking time. We automatically assume that we've got a problem and therefore we want to go ahead, jump straight in and solve solve that. And the key thing for most people is, okay, I need more customers. I need more revenue. So they instantly then think of, okay, what can I do? What tactic can I do for that? So is it 
SEO? Is it going to be Facebook ads? Is it going to be some other lead generation? Without spending the time to think and say, okay, well, why don't I have this many customers? Is my product not as good as it could be if I surveyed my audience? Have I have I thought about um, other ways that I can get referrals from my existing customers um, or JV or there's there's often a different and better solution to the first one you thought of. But the second you thought of it and decided, okay, well, I need a new website. Uh, I'm not getting enough customers. I need a new website. The second you decided that without really taking the time to think about why, it's just a question of how much you're going to spend on that website. Now, no website builder is going to talk you out of it and say, actually, you don't need a new website. You need a stronger, you need a stronger message or you need a better product or you need something else. So it's spending that time of, of really sort of thinking about the problem. And when you do that, all your, your knowledge and all those blog posts you've read and all that, that wisdom gives a chance to bubble back up and saying, ah, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, what about that? So it's spending that time uh, and it's just half an hour a week to think about a problem, ruminate on it and look for uh, a less obvious solution, which is probably the right answer. Great, great insight. Well, Rodin, thank you for jumping on the show with us and sharing what you know. Where can people go to find out more about what you're doing? The best place to find me is on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm an active contributor on LinkedIn. So it's Ronan Leonard, the mastermind guy. That's the best place if you want to start a conversation with me. All right. And we'll actually link up all these notes and also the books you were talking about in the show notes over at startupsmarter.net forward slash podcast. Again, Ronan, thank you for being on the show and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Joe. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Ronan Leonard. He is an expert on masterminds and helping business owners accelerate their growth. And the reason I wanted to have Ronan on is because I 100% believe in the power of masterminds. Now, we touched on this point earlier in the episode about being different types of masterminds, but I wanted to take a moment and add a little more to what Ronan was saying. It's important to mention that not all masterminds are the same. Some are completely online, whereas others are offline and you meet in person. Some are made of only members in a specific industry, like accounting, while other masterminds are made up of people across different industries and skill levels. However, no matter what, a mastermind's main purpose is to take you and your business and transform it by surrounding you with the right people, the tools, and guidance that a mastermind offers. All right, some of my biggest takeaways from the episode was that information alone isn't the answer to solving some of your bigger issues with your business. More often than not, you already know what it is that you need to do, but you don't have a person or a team in your corner motivating you every day and holding you accountable. Another big takeaway is that there are no secrets in mastermind groups. And when you enter a mastermind, you get to leverage the collective experience of the people within that group, which is great news if you're looking to grow your knowledge. Also, Ronan has some great tools and videos over on his website, and you can check out all those links in the books that he mentioned over at startupsmarter.net forward slash podcast and looking for episode 006. Last, before you leave, I had one more question for you. Are you subscribed to the podcast? If you already are, just know I appreciate you, and I look forward to chatting with you on our next episode. However, if you aren't yet, I want to encourage you to subscribe today. 
I don't want you to miss an episode. And to sweeten the deal, I wanted to mention that we're running a contest right now for all of our Startup Smarter podcast subscribers over at startupsmarter.net forward slash contest. Go ahead, head over there, get all the details and enter the contest. And again, that's startupsmarter.net forward slash contest. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode number six of the Startup Smarter podcast. This is Joe Johnson signing off, and I'll see you in the next episode.